Hello, International BTS Army. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Begin the Search, and it's a BTS-inspired podcast where I like to talk about the things that BTS makes me feel, the ways they make me feel inspired, and how I can relate anything that they teach us or show us, or anything that we learn through loving BTS and supporting them. Uh, we can relate that to our real lives and also discuss things that we've been through things that we're going through, and our hopes and dreams. So my name is Kay, and I'm with Kathos TV. You can find me at Kathos TV and Twitter. And I really appreciate you coming here and giving the podcast a listen. So in this episode, we're going to hear, well, I'm going to discuss about In the Soup, because I'm really enjoying that right now. And so I'm probably not going to get really far, because I just start to talk, and before I know it, Many, many minutes have gone by, and I still haven't covered everything that I want to say about it. So I'm just going to say this is part one of discussing In the Soup, because there's a lot to discuss about it. Before talking about In the Soup, I'm going to discuss the wonderful opportunity that we had yesterday to watch BTS performing in the Tiny Desk concert for NPR. Now that was awesome and super new thing to me. I didn't even know such a thing existed. But a lot of armies had been really waiting for that day to come. So that was yesterday, as today is September 23rd, 2020. So thank you again for coming here and giving it a listen, and let's get into it. I was taking a few minutes in Twitter and I saw the announcement that BTS was going to be performing on NPR something called the Tiny Desk Home Concert. And I really just didn't understand the significance of this. And I don't know exactly when they recorded it, so I don't know if it was live, but Namjoon does have his blue hair. They performed in a line of chair stools in front of a backdrop designed as a record store and it was perfect. They sang three songs to us, and they started out with Dynamite, which was super cool. They were first sitting down, and as they got into it, they really started to move a lot more. And then they sang Save Me, and then they finished with Spring Day. I think you'll agree with me, they looked stunning. They looked fantastic. They've been doing all these things, and they've been dressing really awesome. There have been a lot of retro-type outfits, a lot of more wider pants, you know, and paisley prints and different types of prints and silks and vests and stuff like that. So they've really rocked those outfits. They look amazing. For young men in their 20s in the year 2020, bringing back those styles, they look absolutely terrific. In this tiny desk performance, they wore mostly silk paisley print shirts and also ties in the colors of rust brown, mustard yellow, and burnt orange. Uh, Some of them had blue on as well. It seemed like each guy had something on that matched another part of one of the other members' outfit. It looked like Jin's shirt almost matched Tay's tie. Some of them had brighter pants and some of them had brighter tops with darker jackets. Hobie was the most colorful. Like his suit was all like a like a reddish orange almost. And I felt that they looked super cool as they were. But just for my eyes, I probably would have switched Jungkook and Tae where they sat because it seemed like Tae wearing mostly blue and Namjoon wearing mostly blue and then Jimin wearing blue jeans. There was a whole lot of blue on the right side of the screen as we looked at them. And then there was a whole lot of orange and yellow on the left side where it was Hobie, then Suga, and then Jungkook, and then Jin right there too. And I think Jin was wearing blue pants also. Maybe he was wearing brown. Anyway, but it just seemed like I would have just wanted to take some of that blue and put it in, mixing it in with all of the orange and yellow that we were seeing on the left side of the screen. I'd like to give the award for best dress to one of them, but honestly, I cannot choose because they looked so great. They pulled the looks off incredibly well, and I couldn't take my eyes off them. However, I did notice my gaze going more toward Jimin each time I watched. That was kind of unusual. But I watched it six times, and every time I was just drawn to Jimin. His hair looked incredible, his skin, of course, wonderful, and he was having an amazing time. 
He was the first one to stand up and start moving. And But the shirt that he wore was so flattering on him. It had this like flowing sort of uh, kind of a l relaxed, loose ruffle going down each side that kind of fell loosely. I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't like they're ruffled shirts necessarily. And then the sleeves just were so loose around the, the cuffs or whatever. And anyway, it, it looked so, so good. And it went well with his wide cuff jeans. And so he wasn't content to just sit in that chair. He had to get up and move. But before long, Hobie and Tay were also on their feet dancing. Then Namjoon joined them and he was grooving. I absolutely loved that. Yoongi, of course, being my bias, I had to look at him a lot. His orange-red tinted glasses looked so good on him. He, of course, always looks awesome in glasses. I really enjoyed watching the live band members behind the guys. The keyboardist really got into it, and I could tell he has played those songs a lot or else he's just that great, where he knows the music even if he hasn't been playing it for years. So I don't know any background on these particular live band players. I admired those guys, the way that they were able to accompany so well, but that keyboardist, he was really into it. He's moving around, you know, he's using his upper body. It was so neat to watch BTS performing a more stripped-down version of the songs. I'd love to see a lot more of that type of performance, actually. I would pay to see it. It was so, so, so good, you guys. Thank you to NPR for having BTS on. I'm really not familiar with Tiny Desk, so like I said, when it was announced, I was completely clueless. But as a lot of armies had said they'd been waiting for it for such a long time, I knew it was a big deal. Seeing BTS perform Save Me and Spring Day like they did in the Tiny Desk concert was something I just didn't know I really needed to see and hear, especially right now. It just seems perfectly timed. I cried through the first two times watching it. Jin's voice got me and saved me, and before long I could barely see through the tears that were pouring down. I really loved Hobie in Spring Day as he started out singing, and the more I hear him singing, actually, the more I want to hear him singing. I love his rapping. I love his spunk and his feistiness. I love his energy, but there's something about him singing that just makes me... Ah, I just feel so affectionate towards him. I want to hear him more and more. Tay sounded really good, too. They had perfect pitch, and you can see that each one of them was singing live, and that they are each excellent vocalists. They hit their notes. They had the exact amount of breath support that they needed. Jin, of course, he always puts a lot into his parts where, like, shutting his eyes really tight and sometimes leaning forward with his microphone. It was really fun to see them all with their special sparkly microphones that are color-specific to them as well. Oh, they just sounded and looked so good. I want to say, Young has been threatening to upset Suga's ultimate bias status his pedestal that he has been standing firmly on. Tay is threatening to upset that. And so this is what I had to do because Tay is causing all sorts of trouble in there. Basically, I love all BTS members. I love all seven of the guys. I love all BTS songs. I love all their voices. I love all their looks. I love all their sense of humor and their style. Their candid moments when the camera is showing us that they're just real human beings. I could watch any of them eat for a long time without even talking much and still be fascinated. They're adorable. BTS members are cute and fun doing just about anything. But I have been admiring and adoring Yoongi since he overwhelmingly declared himself the owner of my heart after about a week and a half of going down that BTS rabbit hole into the world of BTS, into their universe in late June 2019. Yoongi and Jimin, I guess I had been sadly ranking them my sixth and seventh favorite, like from first favorite to last, just because I, I thought Jungkook stood out so much and I was really fascinated and impressed by him. I mentioned that I really liked his swimming video and I don't know why, but I think I was just feeling like he perseveres and he goes for it and he doesn't give up and he's intense and he's athletic and he, when he sets his mind to something, he does it. And so I just just feeling really inspired by that video, thinking that he was my bias. First Jungkook, then Jin, then RM at the top. For about four days, I thought Jungkook was my bias, but then I switched to Jin after watching an Eat Jin episode. Out of all things, why? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought he was so cute. And when he was sitting there eating and talking to us 
Um, and it was an older one. I don't know what year it was, maybe 2016? It was the first Eat Gin video that I ever watched, and I think I went as far back in V-Live as I could to find the first Eat Gin episode. So it wasn't the pizza one. It's the one where he's sitting at this table, and then Jimin comes through, and V comes through, and they want to taste some of his food. So they take some of his food, and then they leave, and then they come back in, and they give him food, and take more of his food and leave. And then they come back in and bring him a soda and then take the soda away. And it's just cute and it's funny. He says something like, thank you to my mama for giving birth to me so that I can eat. It was really cute. So I'm sitting here feeling like attached to Jin, thinking that he's worldwide handsome. He's amazing. He's uh, hardworking. Um, like even, I didn't even know about the craze about his broad shoulders or anything or his flying hand kiss. There was just so much to learn and I was overwhelmed. So I'm sitting here loving Jin for about two or three days, but out of nowhere, Yoongi burst onto the top shelf of my heart as if he had always been there. I hadn't watched much of their content, and I had really seen mostly Jungkook, V, and Jin in fan-made videos, but when I suddenly found the Festa talks, the KKUL Honey FM, uh, you know, like they're about, about an hour long or something, and they're all sitting around a table, and Yoongi is the MC or the DJ, he called himself DJ Shoop Shoop. I can't remember all the, all the different things he called himself, but I ended up binge-watching those. Um, I think I watched about four or five of them in a day. And when something was funny or touching, I would pause it and I would cry or I would laugh or I would rewind it and watch it again. Those are some of my absolute favorite BTS content. <sighs> because they didn't know yet how big they were going to be. They were making wishes. They always had a cake, and they would always tell what their wishes were, and then they would talk about if their wishes they made the year before came true. But at first, they didn't have a year before. At first, it was like, celebrate, let's celebrate the 100 days since our official debut. There might have been two or three in that first year. And there was a Christmas one where it was just their voices, and they were reading fan mail and stuff like that. Like, they weren't so popular yet that they weren't able to read some fan mail. So I watched their 100 days since debuted celebration. I watched their one year anniversary and each one of those Festa talks each year since. I binge watched those in the first few days of uh, finding out about BTS and it became so clear. So I guess maybe this was more like about the start of my second week binging and you know really paying attention to BTS, staying up late until six in the morning when I realized I hadn't been sleeping and such. I had real clarity and depth when I realized I admire and I love Min Yoongi above all the other guys in the group. And I thought, this is really strange. I don't have anything in common with this kid. Yoongi has often been the most noisy guy. He's really funny. He's very outspoken, with lots of energy, happy, and much more. I could discuss this for hours with anyone who also wants to discuss him. But anyway, what's been happening lately during the Dynamite release and promotional content is that Tay is really making me squirm. So rather than moving Yoongi over and letting Tay step onto that pedestal, I decided that I have to have a rap line bias and a vocal line bias. That's the only way it seems like it will make sense for me. With my rap line bias as my ultimate bias, Yoongi. That way Tay isn't wrecking me and Yoongi's standing isn't in jeopardy. I know we don't have to have a bias at all, but I do. And lately I'm not sure how I can even live one day more without Jimin in my real life. I mean, everyone needs a Jimin to get through their day. I need a Jimin in my real life, but since I don't have one in my real life, I need to watch him and see him dance and watch him, uh, see him smile and hear his voice every single day. And everyone needs a Hobie. Everyone needs BTS, but the fact is, some people don't want them. So instead of feeling mad about that, I'm just glad there's plenty of BTS for us to enjoy and adore. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, 
Let's move on to something that has really been bringing a lot of us comfort in the soup. Soup means forest in Korean. So BTS in the forest. So you can see that they take that long, narrow lane, kind of with the river, or is it a lake? Is it a river and a lake? I don't know. It seems like it's murky and stuff, so it might be a river. Um, but rivers smell really fishy, so I don't know. And it seems like, yeah, I don't know. It looked like a lake because it was really calm and I didn't really see a current. But maybe it was a river. I don't know. Anyway, they did so much. In episode one, they showed us that first they got to make their plan and then they got to drive there. We got to see who rode with who and what they did on their driving, on their travels. And then once they got there and looked around, they got to see the floating house, the main house, and the upper house, and they decided where everybody would sleep. They looked over all of their activities that they would get to do, and I really thought that they were going to be kind of tired out from their travels to really want to start using the toys and using the activities and getting all their stuff. But it seemed like just in the first day, they really crowded a lot into that first day. Plus cooking and eating. Hobie impressed me with his three or four hours, for example, of focused assembly with that little rubber band wind-up airplane. It was almost tiring just watching him struggling with the printed directions and diagrams. He had them all spread out like maps across the table. But when he was all done, he walked outside and he said, I'm not building one of these again for a long time or maybe ever again. <laughs> I was afraid he would feel his efforts were wasted. The first two flight attempts came crashing down. And I was thinking, all that work for a pathetic little soft crash landing to the grass? But then Jungkook came over and suggested the, re the placement of the wings or propeller just be adjusted a little bit. So after that was done, Hobie got to wind it up really nicely and tight and then sent it flying again. This time it went higher and farther. And one of the best parts of the whole episode was when Hobie ran after it laughing and hollering and cheering like a little kid. It almost made me cry. I knew then that J-Hope must have had this feeling, just enjoying the feeling of nostalgia and memories when the world was simpler and less stressful. It must have suddenly been worth his hard work, all those hours that he put into it, to see that simple little non-electronic airplane soaring across the yard and above the house. I was so happy for him, and that alone made the $27.99 purchase of In the Soup worth it to me. It's so worth it already. The awesome thing is, it doesn't end there. Each of the BTS members is doing something interesting and entertaining in every In The Soup episode. I've only watched episodes 1 through 4 now, but of course I'm a little behind because we know life happens and I'm busy, and a lot of us are busy, so we don't get to watch as much as we would like. I wish I could watch the episodes right away when they're released, but since they're more than one hour long, I can't always drop what I'm doing and dive in. Oh, I sure wish I could. So for those of you who are able to do that, you are lucky. Just consider yourself lucky. Other parts of In the Soup I want to touch on. It's so cool that each BTS member got to request what they wanted to spend their time on during the planning stage at the beginning of Episode 1. I'll go through some of what they each said they were interested in doing. Namjoon. He said he would like to read a lot outside, and he would like to do some wood carving, playing with blocks, and maybe other toys. He also wanted yoga mats brought up. Hobie sitting next to Namjoon, he said, I will read with Namjoon. And he also wanted to play with toys, practice yoga, and build things. He said whatever Namjoon's going to do, I also want to do with him. And that was so touching. I would love to have a friend like that. I absolutely would love that. And they were born in the same year, right? Hobie in February and Namjoon in September. Ah, just to sit there and know that your friend is into the same things as you or wants to do the same things as you, it would just be such a great feeling of companionship. Just kindred spirits, it feels like. Jin, he said he wanted to go fishing, of course, and also have a tank. This was interesting. He wanted to have a tank with a flatfish and rockfish so that he could freshly harvest and cook them or prepare them in whatever dish to enjoy for their meals. This showed Jin's courage with being able to take a living creature and kill it, meant for eating, and then prepare it for that meal. Jin said he would also practice the piano every day so he would need a piano keyboard. Yoongi said he wanted a size 200 canvas for painting, 
my heart was soaring then because I watched his painting videos in YouTube, the YouTube lives that he did. I believe he did three or four of them. It seems like he did two in a row, skipped a night or a couple nights and then came on again. And then it seems like he came back like a week later or so. We got to see him painting quite a few times. But he had tried the size 100 canvas and he was ready for a larger one. Jin said he wanted to paint with Yungi, and so he asked for a size 100. Then Namjoon asked if the staff could prepare small canvases for all the guys so they could all try painting. I thought that was super cool. I think I mentioned in one of my more recent episodes that I got to try painting for the first time, with acrylics anyway, on canvas. I did that last year, early in the year, and I ended up painting a picture of a dolphin jumping out of the water with the moon shining above. I thought at first that I wasn't going to enjoy it. It was my sister's idea. And they were like, yeah, let's all paint together and let's all look up some inspiration on, you know, just look up in Google Images or whatever, find something that we might want to paint and then try it out. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds fine. But inside my head, I was like, no, it doesn't sound fun to me. I don't think I want to do that. I don't think I'm going to be good at it. I think it will take too long. I think it's going to be messy. You know, I was just thinking these things. It took me quite a while to decide what I wanted to paint because I'm the kind of person who loves woodland creatures. I like trees and I like sunsets and I like mountains and stuff, but I really like things like woodland creatures a lot. And so I just felt like I wasn't going to be able to, to paint an animal and make it actually look like what I wanted. I was afraid it was going to look more like a scribbled cartoon. And I just was not okay with that. But when I found this picture of a dolphin jumping out of the water, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to try that. So maybe I'll post a picture of that in Twitter just in case um, anyone hears this and wants to see what it looks like. I'll just go ahead and post that and tag it somewhere somehow with this episode so you guys know what I'm talking about. But I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. It was very therapeutic. It was very relaxing. And my canvas was probably about 12 inches high. And I just did it on a table in front of me. I didn't have an easel or anything. But it did take me about two or three hours to paint. Well, I just thought that was cool to think of all of our BTS members trying out painting. And knowing already that Yoongi likes it, he might love it, I don't know. He likes it a lot, and uh, his mom paints, and she taught him some things. I don't remember what Jimin and Tay asked for, but it seems like Tay asked for a karaoke machine. Anyway, if he didn't, I mean, it's obvious, because later on in the episodes, he spent time d singing to karaoke. Jungkook said he would like a punching bag, and he said he wanted one hanging, but not, like, on the ground. Because those ones on the ground, sometimes they're not built very well, so it's much better to have one that's hanging. I think someone said they wanted to play badminton. It might have been Tae or Namjoon, but since Tae likes several of these activities anyway, I think they didn't really bother to show his requests in the editing that much. But it's been a few weeks since I watched episode one, so I don't remember. I could be totally wrong. As we go through these episodes, we get to actually see the guys when they lay their eyes on the supplies. Well, still about episode one anyway. They get to look at those supplies and activities the staff was able to provide. They get to see the Legos. The guys call them blocks. Um, Namjoon and Hobie, they were building a Stranger Things inspired Lego set, I guess. It's funny because somebody else begins to mess with the keyboard and then Jin yells, Hey, no, that's my piano. He's not afraid to show ownership or territory over his things. I admire this about Jin because it's more my personality to stand back and suffer in silence while everybody else does what they want with things that might have possibly been intended for me. People who mess with my stuff and don't take care of it or they don't respect it, you know? I'm not saying any of the other guys mistreated the piano. They didn't. But Jin wanted them all to know that he's the one who requested the piano for him to have access to so that he could keep up on his daily practicing. We get to see later that Tay and Jimin play the keyboard and Jin isn't fussing about it. We also get to see Jin stumble out of his bed the first morning after spending the first night there and going straight in to sit at the keyboard and practicing in his pajamas. I admire Jin for having that desire and goal to become good at playing the piano. It isn't too late for him to learn. It isn't too late for anyone. My niece, she's almost 18. But she decided one day when she was about 15 or 16 that she wanted to play music from Phantom of the Opera. Her mom, who's my sister, had been giving her a few painful, frustrating lessons, and they were spread really far apart, like years apart. But my niece hadn't wanted to learn much or practice when she was younger. My sister suggested I teach her kids to play the piano since I'm a piano teacher, and since they might want to pay attention and actually make an effort better 
without their own mom teaching them, but that didn't work. Anyway, my niece learned to read the notes, and she played a lot of hands apart before she learned to put the two hands together. She was able to play all the Andrew Lloyd Webber Phantom of the Opera songs after just a couple of months. She branched out to Harry Potter and Doctor Who theme music and scores. Then she added anime songs like My Hero Academia and others. My point is that when she wanted to do it, she did. She didn't need formal lessons or a teacher to keep her on track. She had that burning ache to play the piano and she got really good at it. She might be better at sight reading two hands together than I am. I've been teaching piano since I was a high school graduate, but I've never been good at sight reading well enough to just sit down and play both hands as written the first time I see a piece of music. I often have to practice with hands apart. What I see about Jin is that he's starting with a level of difficulty that isn't too advanced. It's not too intimidating. He's also learning to play songs slowly and precisely with both hands together. He might or might not need to practice hands apart though, that he might benefit from that. If I were his teacher, I would probably encourage him to play hands apart for the first day or two and then add from there. I do think he'll ultimately be good at sight reading if he keeps it up. Everyone learns differently. I'm impressed with Jin's patience. When he came on YouTube Live in the spring and he showed us the songs he was working on, my heart felt so warm for him. He practiced the same parts over and over again. When he made a mistake, he would look at the camera and he would say, wipe that part from your memory. Then he would try again. And then he felt embarrassed that millions of us armies were watching him making mistakes in his piano practice. So then he'd look at the camera and he'd say, we're just going to forget about that part too. And then he said, I'll try that part again. I watched it two or three times. You can still watch it now. He came on YouTube live and just played the piano for, I don't know, 45 minutes or an hour. It was almost painful how long he practiced the same part over and over again. What I noticed is that Jin can be extremely long-suffering. He doesn't give up. I feel that he has used the same patient heart and mind in everything he does, learning choreography and learning English especially, so I really admire Jin. If you're not a kid and not even a teenager, and not even in your 20s like Jin, it's still not too late to learn to play the piano. I've been teaching someone who's in her upper 60s. She did take formal lessons in her younger days, but a few decades passed before she found me and hired me as her piano teacher. She has come a long way and I've been with her for 12 years now. The cool part is that we are more like friends, and we can dish about which Korean artists and actors we think are so talented and incredibly handsome. Both of us are older than BTS, and Park Young-sik, and Park Bogum, and Park Sojun, and Henry Lau, but we still have these hormones, and we still know what it is to lay our eyes on a beautifully gorgeous man. We'll sometimes text each other saying how unfair it is that Park Bogum seems to have it all. He's kind, genuine. He has a great smile, and he's incredibly believable in every character he plays on screen. He can sing and play the piano. Anyway, this was supposed to be about taking piano lessons later in life past childhood, and here I am talking about all the guys I think are extremely, incredibly, wonderfully handsome. But those are not all the guys, by the way. My list is very long. But I'm here to say that it isn't too late for anyone to learn. If you really want to learn, you can. If you don't have a piano or keyboard, maybe save your money for one, or go to your relatives or friends' home and practice on theirs if they let you, if you feel the situation is safe, you know, during the pandemic. Wear a mask or whatever people are comfortable with, or see if there's a music store that has a sample, a demo piano that they might let you play. But maybe during COVID, this goal will have to be harder to achieve, just because People have to clean and sanitize their equipment, and a piano would be pretty hard to clean, I think, because, you know, all the individual keys. I don't know. I just haven't tried to go inside a music store, so I wouldn't know. But if you really want to learn to play the piano, you could always buy a small keyboard and get started. Let's talk about the sleeping arrangements for the guys. So they had the main house, the upper house, and the floating house. The main house was in the middle. By the yard and there was a big tent where someone could sleep and there was also a tent place where they could eat underneath and then there was a badminton net and there was a garden off to the side and then as you walk down a little bit the floating house is there the floating house is like a wood building I guess on top of the water it just has a bedroom space and a bathroom I think surrounded by docks and the fishing equipment supplies area Jungkook seemed the most interested in sleeping there. I didn't notice if the house was actually moving, as in kind of like 
you know, gently moving on the waves a little bit, or if it's just resting on top of the lake or river, or if it's kind of built against the dock and the water's just underneath it without it actually, you know, moving. But I think it would be super cool if it moved with the waves or when they walk inside it. That would also feel a little bit uneasy for me, like if I was going to go and sleep in there and spend time in there if it was moving around. I didn't notice it moving, but that doesn't mean it didn't. But after the other guys walked through, they didn't seem very interested or impressed. Jungkook looked into the sleeping space and he said, oh, there are spider webs. Spiders are okay. And he walked out. What this told me about Jungkook is that he's perfectly okay being alone and that he's brave. He likes sleeping alone. He might also like sleeping with the members or friends, but he's perfectly content and feels safe to sleep alone. He not only isn't sleeping on a grounded surface, but he's sleeping over the water. He's sleeping several feet away from the main house. First I thought Hobie wanted to share with Jungkook, but I could see as we watched more episodes that Jungkook seemed to enjoy the escape to his floating house, where he got to sit on the bed and practice the guitar. Also, he was practicing Lost Stars by Adam Levine. Okay, this song is very special to me. Since I have anxiety and even panic attacks in my sleep, sometimes I can be too afraid of the night and be too afraid of the dark and be afraid to shut my eyes. But Lost Stars is one of those songs I found first, and I listened to it on repeat with a few other covers. Eventually, I just wanted to hear Lost Stars by itself, so I put 27 different <laughs> recordings of it, which are pretty much all the same, um, except for maybe there's like an empty arena version and uh, Lost Stars in the Rain version, and I had it on repeat all night. This went on a couple weeks, so when the guys talked about Jungkook playing his guitar and practicing Lost Stars, I got really happy, and I also felt nostalgic for that time last summer, around the beginning of July 2019, when I would listen to Jungkook on this song. No offense to Adam Levine, because he's a super cool guy, and I like his music, but Jungkook is the only guy I want to hear singing this song. It's part of my earliest baby army journey, and it will always be special to me. Do you guys want to listen to a little bit of it right now? I'm sure you've heard it before, but if you haven't, let's get into it. Oh... This song, I tell you, is such a special song. Here we go. a good song especially at the end oh my goodness he really gets into it ooh, ooh, ooh. he's so good at it so sorry I haven't warmed up and wasn't planning on singing today well I wasn't planning on singing in this podcast but <laughs> when I have to I have to since I derailed so much just talking about Lost Stars and Jungkook covering that for us and thanks so much Adam Levine for putting that song out there and for inspiring Jungkook to record it because he does an amazing job and it definitely touched my heart, made my summer a lot better and helped to coax me into BTS and this whole world of loving them and admiring them so much last year. So just quickly going over the sleeping arrangements further, Yoongi slept in the camper van, and I think he chose that one because he likes to keep things simple, and he doesn't really like people spreading their things all around and mixing it up with his stuff. So he knew if he chose the camper van, which is really 
the smallest space that there was for sleeping, then he could just not worry about anyone else trying to come in and encroach on his space. And he could keep his laptop on the little table there and he could work on producing music and recording things and, you know, just spending time whenever he wants to retreat to his own private little space. He can go and do that. And he didn't seem to pack very much either. He seemed to pack pretty light, like just a backpack or something. I don't know if he had a backpack and a satchel, but he didn't have a big, huge suitcase like Jin did. It was really cute to see Yunki wake up the first morning with this huge, fluffy, white comforter on him. And the bed seemed really nice size for one person. Um, and he sat up and <laughs> I was like, oh, who's in here? Because, you know, when the cameras are up in the corner, they are more grayscale. And you can't really tell who's in there sometimes. Uh, maybe the lighting isn't really, really bright or anything. But he sits up and he's kind of like mumbling a little bit or, you know, I don't know what, making morning noises. He sits up, pushes the blanket off him, and you can see his almost perfect hair with a little bit of a out-of-place hair in the back. It's cute. Jin sleeps in the tent by himself, but I think Jin keeps his stuff in the main house in a room that Hobie also sleeps in. So there's two twin beds in the room where Hobie sleeps. I felt like it was just Hobie sleeping in there with Jin leaving his suitcase in there because when they packed up in episode four, it seems like Namjoon has already left because he had to go into town. He had to leave earlier. It says for personal reasons. And I don't know if it's because he was limping a little bit, like his leg or his foot was hurting, or if he had a meeting, some networking he needed to do before all the rest of the guys came back into Seoul. But it seemed like Jin, of course, when he's got all this space and all these houses and places to put his suitcase, why would he want to put it inside a tent? He had a suitcase, from what I could tell, in the room where Hobie slept, and he then slept outside in his RJ pajamas. <laughs> so funny and cute. So out of the places so far for sleeping that I've talked about, I would not have picked the floating house because I'd be a little bit frightened, I think, being by myself. I would have not picked the tent because I feel like it would be cold at night but hot in the morning and I don't like waking up camping feeling hot in the morning and I can't stand being cold, sleeping outdoors and being cold. And then I wouldn't want the camper van either because I don't really like small spaces but I wasn't in there so I didn't see how really big it was. It was just perfect for Yungi. He didn't have any complaints. He definitely spoke up for it and wanted to sleep there. Maybe Namjoon slept in a different room by himself in either the upper house or the main house. I think he did sleep in the main house because it shows him coming downstairs a couple times. Um, it shows him reading in one of the rooms, but I don't remember if that room had a bed or not. And then in the upper house, Jimin and Tay slept in a huge bed off to the side of the room that has the computers for gaming and the kitchen where Jin and other guys prepared the fish. To access BTS in the soup, you can purchase it in Weverse, in the Weverse shop, and it is roughly $28. I think I paid $27.99, and I don't remember if there was any service charges or tax or any fees or anything, but there are either going to be 8 or 10 episodes, one released each week, and we've already had 6 episodes released. I believe we're getting number 7 tomorrow? Or maybe it was released today already. Because now it is September 30th. A whole week has gone by since I last recorded. And I was talking about in the soup. I've been a little bit sick, like I mentioned. And I've had some other interesting challenges to try to work through and overcome. So the recording for this episode and others that I have actually sitting here in my archives has not gone as smoothly as I would like. But... If you want to watch In the Soup, purchase it and enjoy every single episode, watching it as often as you want to. Each week they also release a behind-the-scenes clip. It's usually between 8 and 12 minutes long, and you just get to see more funny stuff or more adorable things or more touching moments. And BTS In the Soup is really a cool idea because it's kind of like they're their trip last year, that sort of their two-month hiatus, where they went and they filmed Bon Voyage, 
and each guy got to go do something, got to go on a trip, or got to take some relaxing time, or travel, or whatever they were doing. Seems like Tay went home and played with his friends. He played with the Wooga squad, and his puppy, his dog, and um, they went weightlifting, and they remember what else they did. They were working out, and Jungkook showed how he was working out, and I believe he got his tattoos around that time. Jin, what did Jin do? Jin and Yoongi went fishing, and Namjoon toured. I think he went to Italy, and I can't remember where else he went. Did he go to Sweden or somewhere? Norway? I can't remember where he went. He did some bike riding and some eating, and Hobie went to the U.S. to film Chicken Noodle Soup with Becky G., and Jimin went to, was it Hawaii? Seems like he went to Hawaii and he also went to Paris. Because when he filmed his little birthday video, uh, greetings to Jungkook, he, he was in Paris, I thought. I can't remember now. But BTS and the soup, they all stayed together. It wasn't like a Bon Voyage necessarily where they did a lot of high-powered energy stuff. But they're definitely sponsored by Fila and some of those other brands, some of those other companies. And But they're doing a lot more relaxing things. They're doing a lot of relaxation and a lot of healing. And it just keeps on mentioning in the captions. I'm, of course, reading English subtitles or captions. But they're doing a lot of healing. Some mental and emotional and physical healing. Where they can sleep as late as they want to. They can skip breakfast if they want or make a snack or you know, wander in from whichever direction that they all slept and wander into whichever part of the house, usually the main house, where they can get some coffee or some juice or something and they can relax or they can go outside and do yoga, they can paint, they can play with the RC boats again, they can go fishing, they can play the guitar. And so it's showing how they each kind of scatter and do their own thing and they come together to make the meals and eat the meals and then they scatter again a little bit and they'll, you know, not, not all solitary activities, but like maybe two of them here, two of them there. Uh, Yoongi and Jungkook were singing karaoke in episode four, which I loved by the way. It was a really short snippet, but it was so cute, of course. And Hobie and Jimin were sitting outside painting on canvas shoes. Uh, white canvas shoes. They were painting like the pink tree that Jimin was painting on some shoes. And anyway, so there's a lot more to enjoy. I'm not caught up yet, but I plan on watching episodes five and six this weekend, if not sooner. And if seven is also released this week, I'll watch that one too. I spent last week getting ready to have my friend over who's somebody that I met on Twitter and we painted shirts. We painted the BTS logo and the ARMY logo on shirts and then we did quotes by BTS members or song lyrics that really mean a lot to us. And we wore the shirts to watch the Break the Silence film in the movie theater. We did watch episode 4 of In the Soup and my friend had already seen it. This is the first time we hung out actually. We met on Twitter. We found each other on Twitter because I did hashtag and then my my state where I live and found her that way and then so we messaged and then we exchanged phone numbers and texted for a while. We planned on getting together but because of COVID and stuff we just kept not getting together. Um, we met once very briefly where she uh, gave me a little bit of Korean food because she had taken herself out to eat in Chinatown or somewhere and got some tteokbokki. Is that what it's called? It's the rice cakes, spicy rice cake soup. She got that and she had too much of it so she wanted to share with me. So we met up and then we always talked about getting together and having to sleep over at my house and staying up watching K-dramas and watching BTS content and we just never did. So this time we, we went and we bought shirts and we bought paint and we made a stencil and we floundered a lot because we're not super great at it and so we used acrylic paint on the shirts and then we ended up also using permanent markers and it was really fun and <laughs> so we were going to wear these to the Break the Silence movie that we got tickets for 
we ended up having to cancel going to the show we were originally going to see, which was earlier in the evening, and ended up having to get tickets for the later showing that night. And <laughs> we were the only two people in the whole theater. It was sad. I was like, man, I really wanted to meet more armies. I really wanted to clap and cheer and laugh and cry with other armies. But you never know because sometimes people don't want to talk and don't want to make noise in the theater, even if they are armies. I've heard of that happening, and it actually happened last year when I went to Bring the Soul. So anyway, we were the only people in there, which ended up being cool because then we could cheer and we could go, woo, and stuff like that when we saw Yungi because we're both Yungi biased and we are both Tay wrecked pretty much, although I feel like I'm kind of wrecked by Hobie all the time. Anyway, so we could laugh and cry and cheer and clap and sing and do whatever we wanted because we were the only two in the theater. And I love the movie. It was great. It was touching. It was very introspective. It was very deep compared to what I thought it was going to be. But it's called Break the Silence Persona. And the guys were talking about, well, I guess fast forward it a little bit if you don't want to hear what it's about at all because you haven't had the chance to see it. But the guys were talking about whether or not they are the same person in real life as they are on stage or if BTS, if the BTS member is the same as the real life member. Like Kim Taehyung, he was saying, Kim Taehyung is V, but V is not Kim Taehyung or something like that. I didn't really quite understand it. I think I would have to watch it again. And they were just talking about how they they first thought that they had to be separate people. They thought that they had to be a certain way in BTS and on stage, but then their regular normal way off stage and like on their downtime. And some of the guys said that they felt like as time went on, they were really the same person all the time. And others of the guys said that they really still do feel like they are separate people. So, you know, it's that whole idea of persona and what you're showing to others, what you're choosing to keep private, what you're choosing to hide, or what you don't want people to know. And I think it was Jin. He said that he would get depressed a lot, and sometimes he would talk about being depressed. And then armies were feeling bad for him. So they would say... You know, when you're sad, I'm sad. When you're depressed, I'm depressed. And so Jin felt like that was not good for him to show that. So he decided that he would hide that from everybody. Like I said, the Break the Silence film was a lot more introspective than I had thought. Although I knew they were going to be talking about some deeper things just because it's called Break the Silence Persona. I just wasn't sure what to expect and I didn't know it was going to have such a serious tone. But I don't have any complaints about the film, except that I didn't want it to be over. It was especially emotional at the end. I really loved seeing all the army bombs. I loved seeing all the camera. The like It was going over the fans. It was panning across the audience, you know. In all the different stadiums, we got to see tons of different stadiums. Well, I shouldn't say tons, but we got to see all of the stadiums from the tour. We got to see Brazil and London and Paris, and I don't remember where else they went. Uh, they went to Arabia, but we just really are so blessed by BTS and by their company for loving them so much that they keep on releasing content for us to keep us interested and to keep us happy and to keep us feeling connected to them. And so I'm really grateful that I had the chance to go see the movie, and I'm grateful to my friend, who's also an ARMY, that she wanted to go watch it with me. And it was sad that nobody got to see our shirts that we worked so hard on, but we'll just hopefully wear them again to another BTS event. <laughs> I also met another ARMY who was a cashier at another store the other day, and she said, I like your mask. And I said, oh, really? What is it you like about it? And she goes, well, it's BTS. So that was pretty fun. And then she said that she was really into them for five years, but then once she got into college, she's not into them as much. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So you know how their their fan base, the fandom, or ARMY is growing every day? When we gain people, we also sometimes lose people. And some people are just deciding that they want to move on with their lives. I, I should say not move on, but I guess that's kind of what they 
feel like they're doing, um, or some of them feel like they are neglecting what they want to pursue, and so they need to kind of put a lid on the boiling, the boiling pot of, you know, stew, so to speak, of just diving into BTS and supporting them as verbally and strongly and vocally and, you know, on social media and spending all this time, you know, following them and seeing what they're up to and trying to watch every single video clip and trying to listen to everything. There's nothing wrong with that, but at the same time, I know I touched on this in another episode, BTS would never want to bear the burden of, you know, responsibility or making them feel like they're the reason why we didn't get things done in our lives. Does that make sense? They would never want to have that burden that we feel like we can't go and pursue other things that we enjoy, that we can't spend time in things that help us get closer to our goals. So if anyone's feeling like you can't support and love BTS and also do other things, definitely do some soul searching, figure out what is best for you and everything. If you have to back away from social media for a while, or if you have to back away from YouTube or Twitter or Instagram for a while, or even podcasts or other things where you finally feel like you just need to have a a chance to breathe because supporting BTS is fun and it's exciting, but it also may, makes you feel, feel tired or exhausting. You know, maybe just evaluate your own self and your time management and your, you know, percentage of what you're giving to BTS and evaluate where your time is going and your energy and your efforts and your attention is going with other things in your life too. You don't necessarily need to quit something good in order to make room in your life for other things, but that's definitely up to you if you feel like you are so distracted by the things that you love and you can't move past it in order to get other things done or in order to enjoy other things. You know, that's a personal decision and nobody should judge you at all for needing to decrease on the amount of time you're spending with BTS. I'm probably not saying this very well, and I apologize. I hopefully will be able to get the message across that I'm really trying to express, is that we can love BTS, we can listen to their music, we can watch their content as much as we want. Nobody can force us to watch and listen more or less than what we're doing. Unless you have family members who are always saying, turn that off, or, you know, get your chores done, or get your homework done, or something like that. But really... Nobody is telling us that we have to put everything else aside in order to just stay on the internet and seeing what BTS, BTS is doing next. Does that make sense? So you can always catch up on the weekends if you have to work hard all week or if you have to go to school. You can always catch up on the weekends or you can, you know, ask your friend or someone else, someone that you trust, what BTS is up to and... You could maybe say things like, well, I'm only going to have about three free hours in my weekend and I want to watch the best stuff. Is there anything you recommend that I watch or listen to because I just am getting overwhelmed and I can't watch and listen to everything? So nobody should judge you or me or anyone else for the amount of time and effort that we're putting into BTS. And no one should judge us if we need to step away a little bit and, you know, put them on pause or you know, could just kind of play them on a quieter volume in the background while we listen to things in our lives that are shouting our attention more. Does that make sense? I hope I'm saying this right, and um, I'm just not feeling that great, but I just wanted to let you guys know that it is okay if you listen to other groups or other artists, and it's okay if you watch other things, and it's okay if you don't listen or watch BTS if you don't listen to them or watch them at all for a few days or a week or even if you need to take longer because they're always going to be there. They're not going anywhere. And they understand when we need to get other things done. All the guys are studying various things and they're making an album and they're working hard, but they're also taking time to do their the things that they enjoy and discovering some hobbies. And they would be hypocrites if they expected us to not do the same things that they're doing. 
they never would want to feel like they are the cause of us not obtaining or achieving certain things in our lives. Just because we feel obligated to be on our screens and be in our platforms and in our social media, sharing them and listening to them and watching them all the time. We really can put the devices down. We really can get outside. We can do other things. We can learn things. We can read. We can watch. We can grow. We can practice. We can do whatever we want or need to do and not feel bad about it. So I hope that you will give yourself some patience and give yourself some gentleness if you have found that your life is just not going as smoothly as you need to because you're concentrated so heavily or tipping the scale so hard in one direction with BTS demanding all your time and attention. They would never want to do that to you. They love you. They love all armies. They want to encourage us to go after our dreams. And so if we feel like we need to go after our dreams in a way that doesn't allow us to be as active on social media and be as active in sharing and tweeting and following links and doing all this stuff, that BTS is going to be okay. They're still going to grow. They're still going to gain popularity and notoriety. They're still going to continue doing what they want and need to do. They might someday produce an album that not everyone loves, and that's going to be okay because they are doing what they want to do, what they love to do, and they're not going to stop doing it just because someone isn't pleased by it. So we should think of that and go about our own business in the same way. Just for the record, BTS is not going to be displeased with us if we are not spending 100% of our time and attention on them. I know I can ramble on and on about this, but I just want you guys to feel a lot better and I want you to feel like you have your own permission. You don't need someone else's permission, but that you have your own permission to go about your own things and pursue what's meaningful to you and that BTS will be waiting for you when you're done. I almost said break the soup and in the silence BTS movie. I am pretty tired. I've had a cold all week. You can probably hear it in my voice. And I just want to thank you guys for sticking with me. I had to record in a couple of different segments and put them together to make this episode. And uh, sometimes things just don't go the way you plan. But I'm really glad that I'm alive. I'm glad that we're here and alive and able to discuss BTS as well as pursuing our other endeavors in life, our work, our family strength and relationships, everything else that we're doing, hopefully our health too. Let's just keep on going and pursuing what we know we want to do and we, what we want to be good at in life. Um, let's be patient with ourselves. Let's Stay humble. Let's look outwardly so that we're not just focused on what we're doing, but also take the chance to say hello to somebody or smile at someone. Even if you're wearing a mask and you can only smile with your eyes, or even if you're outside, if you're not required to wear masks outside when you go, you can just give someone a friendly glance. You know, we need a lot of help in this world, and I'm grateful that so many of us have come together because we found BTS, that we love what they stand for, and how they have helped our lives to be more full of hope and light, and how they've given us cheer, especially in times of this vast trouble, everything that's going on in our world. I know the segments in this episode were... A little bit abrupt at times, but I do appreciate you guys for listening. If you want to come join me on an episode, please find me on Twitter, Kathos TV, or in YouTube, Kathos Media. Kathos is spelled K-A-E-T-H-O-S. You can definitely find me there. And I ended up deleting the email that I talked about before because I was getting a bunch of spam. So I think that the email address was very similar to something else. And I was getting all these spam offers and things, which was really strange. But if I make another email for you guys to contact me, I uh, will definitely shout it out in one of the episodes or, you know, in all the episodes coming up. And I will also include it in the show notes. 
Until then, find me on Twitter if you'd like to say something or if you want to collaborate on an episode, if you would like to... Sorry, there goes my cold again. Messing with my voice, but if you guys would like to talk, please make sure that you are above the age of 18, just so we don't have to worry about getting your parents' permission, or make sure that you are of legal age to be able to speak for yourself and record and have your voice or you know, your name or your voice on social media or in a podcast so that you wouldn't get into any legal hardship by speaking online, you know, in an episode and things like that. So definitely don't want to exclude the teenagers and the kids, but for legal reasons, I don't think that I'm allowed to talk to you guys right now unless you were to have your parents accompany you. And of course, if you want to come on a podcast and talk with your parent, definitely look me up. We can have a really fun chat about BTS. We can play some games. I have wonderful interview questions ready for anyone who would like to join me. And until next time, take good care of yourselves. Love yourself, love others, and do what you can to make your life as great as you can make it. Once again, this has been Begin the Search, a BTS-inspired podcast for ARMY. I am Kay with Kathos Media, and you can find me on Twitter at Kathos TV. Thank you, guys. I'll see you next time.